We're in this series uh, called, what, Don't Worry, Move Mountains. Don't worry, move mountains. And how many know there are some mountains in our life? Come on. There's some mountains that we face uh, personally and also uh, in, in society, right? There's mountains that we face. And so in this series, Don't Worry, Move Mountains, we started out talking about worry. We started out talking about doubt, and then we moved over into moving mountains. Amen. And so we're going to finish that off today. Amen. So are we ready? All right. <laughs> Don't worry, move mountains. When we first started out, I just want to remind you that we started talking about worry and how God doesn't want us to worry and how when you juxtapose these two thoughts, don't worry, move mountains together, it's not that they're side by side. Worry and doubt are way over here and it's what God doesn't want us to have. Now, now when he says moving mountains, all of a sudden that's way over here. It's like, okay, I understand, Lord, you don't want me to worry, right? I don't need to be in doubt. I don't need to have fear. Great. What is this whole thing about moving mountains? That's something different now. It's not like if I don't worry, I'm automatically going to move mountains. It's not two sides of the same coin. Amen. And so, but it's what God wants us to do. It's what God wants us to do. Amen. And so uh, we're going to finish this off today. But, um, you know, one of the things that we, we talked about, a couple, of the, a couple of the points that we've already got to, and I'll just do the last point today. The first point, uh, we talked about how faith, there is a mountain moving faith. There is a faith that moves mountains. And it was proven because we saw uh, scriptures where Jesus said it on more than one occasion in more than one place that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea or move from here to there in another, uh, in another passage, he said, and uh, do not doubt in your heart and it will be done. So we know that if Jesus said it, come on, uh, that it must be true. There is a faith that moves mountains. There is a faith that moves mountains. We should settle that in our heart. And then the second thing we talked about was how faith sees. Not with these eyes here. We see circumstances with these eyes. We don't deny circumstances. All right? My leg hurts. There's financial trouble. My relationship needs help. Those are all circumstances. And they're real factual circumstances, all right? So we're not denying any circumstances. Our eyes see those, but faith sees in the spirit. Remember we talked about in 2 Kings chapter 6 how um, Elisha talked to his servant Gehazi and Gehazi was worried and you know the, the army of man was surrounding him and Elisha, what did he do? He prayed. He didn't pump him up. He didn't say, come on, we can do this Gehazi. Oh, you know, don't worry about it. All you need is already within you. You know, he didn't tell him to do any self-talk or self-love. He didn't do any of that. He prayed, God, open his eyes so he can see what's really there. So faith sees into the spiritual realm, all right? And it's not weird. Uh, you know, I keep repeating this because uh, I, I grew up in church, and I thought so many things were weird. This is where all this is coming from. You know, growing up in church, being young, I thought a lot of stuff was weird, okay? And one of the things that I found out later on was, you know, I would say, God, you're weird. And God would say, no, you're weird. <laughs> I'm just God. <laughs> you're the weird one, okay? It, it, when things get weird, it's only weird because we people make it weird, okay? So don't think just because people make God weird that God is weird, okay? Yeah, I, I remember, and I'll, I'll get on to it, but I remember uh, working a job 
in corporate America and I, I moved jobs and I had a new boss and when I got to this new section everybody talked about this boss and oh, oh my gosh this boss he just he, he's not right and they never said anything specific but it was all like he's a bad boss and he doesn't like people and you know he's you know all these things and so I just assumed I mean this guy is bad but I never heard anything specific and uh, one day uh, I got called into his office and we and I was like oh Lord here we go what, what's he going to say we talked for an hour never talked about work uh, he, he ended up being the best boss that I ever had, second best boss, I would say, that I've ever had in my life. And none of the things or the, the lack of things that people said about him was true at all. And it took me some weeks to remember, wait a minute, this guy, just a couple of months ago, people were telling me how bad he was. And it's like, he's the greatest guy I've ever met. That's the way God is, people. That's the way he is. You'll look at churches, you'll look at pastors, you'll look at whatever uh, on TV or media or social media, and you'll see a bunch of weird stuff, and you assume that's God. That's the way God is. And God's going, that's not me. They're weird. I'm God. I created everything. I, you don't understand me. Now, if you want to look at it like that, of course, we don't understand him. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then we shall see face to face, of course, because he's God. But obviously, there is a spirit realm that faith sees into. You see, and you have to believe that. You can't believe in God and not believe in the spirit realm because the Bible says God is spirit. Another translation says he is a spirit. So if God is a spirit, there must be a spirit realm. You can't have it both ways. Okay, so faith sees into a spirit realm. But, you know, it's one thing to understand that there is mountain moving faith. Uh, and then there's also another thing to get a revelation that we can see beyond our circumstances. But then it's another thing to actually activate your faith. And I think this is where so many of us miss it. We believe we come to church, we praise and worship, we cry during worship, we pray, we do all of these things, and still we say nothing, doesn't seem like anything happens, is God answering my prayers, and God has told us what to do, but we don't follow what he says, we follow our emotions. God gave us emotions. Emotions are not uh, the enemy. Emotions are absolutely not the enemy, okay? It's just that we can't let our emotions control us. We must control them. That's the only thing. Emotions are great. God gave them to us, so they, they're for a purpose, all right? But in Philippians 4, uh, I believe 4, uh, Philippians 4, around verse 6 or 7, remember the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things of prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God. Paul's attitude right there, be anxious for nothing, was stop being anxious. Some of us need to look in the mirror and talk to ourselves and say, stop being anxious. We need to speak to ourselves. All right. We control, uh, we control our emotions. All right. I wouldn't want to love my wife without the emotion of love. I mean, we talk a lot about how love is much more than that, you know, because you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to ride, you know, a marriage or any relationship off of any emotion. It's just not going to happen. This is, all right. But I wouldn't want it without that part of it. Okay, so emotions are important, 
But we have to stop being anxious. We can't let our emotions control us. And God has told us what to do. And he's saying, listen, I understand. I love you. And I appreciate that you're emotional. And come to me. I bring, Listen, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I absolutely, I sent a comforter. I am here to comfort you. But now when you want to have victory, now, <laughs> all right, when, you, when you're done, let's move forward and let me tell you how to do it. Okay, so both of them have a purpose. Sometimes we need to be emotional to get there. But once we get there, God is going to take us to the next level. Okay, this year we are going to move some mountains. People in this church are going to move mountains. They're going to move mountains in their lives. They're going to move mountains in their finances, mountains in their relationships, mountains in this city, mountains at this university that's over here, mountains in this state, mountains in the world. We got some world changers in here. I remember reading in Acts uh, where, um, you know, the, the Bible talked about some of the disciples and all the things they were doing. It said, these are the ones that are turning the world upside down. I believe we have some world changers in here today that are going to turn the world upside down. But it's going to take mountain moving faith in order to do it, in order to do it. So our third point here today is we said mountain, there's mountain moving faith, faith sees in the spirit. The third thing, if you're taking notes, if you're not, that's okay. If you are, write this down. Faith speaks. It's very important. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Faith is not silent. Faith is not silent. Faith speaks. There is a mountain moving faith. Faith sees and faith speaks. It's just as important as all of the other things. Amen. Write these couple points down under faith speaks. If you take notes, write this down. First of all, here's what we have to understand about faith speaks. Words are spiritual containers. That's how important words are. Words are spiritual containers that contain faith or they can contain fear. Right? Do you know that this last month we celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day? And there's a lot of, uh, of, of good people, men and women, who have changed the world, great leaders who have changed the world. Uh, but when I think about Martin Luther King Jr. and how he affected change for a nation, a society, a nation, a people, and really the world, everywhere I've been in the world, people know who Martin Luther King Jr. is. You know, just like, um, you know, we, we would know other world leaders, Mother Teresa and, and, you know, all of these people. Mother Teresa is the same way. Another one who I could use this example. You don't want to know how Martin Luther King uh, change the culture in this nation by speaking his words, his words, his words. He spoke. See, words are spiritual containers. I want you to know that, uh, you know, I, I started to go to college right after high school, Ohio State University, and it was overwhelming for me. It was, it was too big. You know how it is at IU. Sometimes you get in those classes and, the, and everything is so big. And I was in this class and there were 360 people, you know, and freshmen, they were throwing papers around and talking and I said, this is just too much. I, so then I went to the service. But I always kind of in my heart regretted a little bit not finishing school. And um, I ended up getting my degree well into my, in, in adulthood, actually to uh, a major and a minor in religious studies uh, and in business. Uh, Wanna know why? Because my wife told me I could. I, I'm not even lying to you. She told me, why are you keep complaining? Go back to school. You can do it. You can do this. You can do it. See, words, words matter. 
Words can build us up or chop us down. They're spiritual containers for us, all right? So write that down. Next thing, here's, here's what it is spiritually. Confession is how you release your faith. Confession is how you release your faith. I, I want to show you something, some, uh, something you're very, very familiar with. Anybody, anybody who doesn't go to church will be familiar with this passage, okay? And I, do, I didn't put the whole scripture up here because it's very long. I'm kind of going to go through it fast. But if you have, if you have your Bible, if you have a way to get to scripture, uh, would you go there with me? You, and every, every last one of us can find this one. If you can't find this one, then you might need remedial church. We might not need to be, we might need to have remedial church at four. Then, okay, you can find this one. Okay, Genesis chapter one. All right. If you can't find that one, don't tell me because I'll send you to remedial church. Just ask your neighbor and act like, you know, where's Genesis chapter one. All right. So Genesis chapter one, even if you don't go to church, uh, you know, you can find it on the web. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Google Genesis chapter one. That's what that's what we're going to look at. All right. Genesis chapter one. And I just want you to look again at all of these things that, that God said, you know, it, it, speaking is so important. Listen, Psalms 107 uh, verse two says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God, God said, let them say so. I, I know you're redeemed. Say it. Right. Why, why do you think, why do you think your wife or your husband or your mom or, you know, says, say you love me. <laughs> Oh, well, you already know I love you. Say it. <laughs> say it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's, it's important. So when you, when you go down here and, and you look at what, what happened with God, you would know where I'm going with this, but I just want to bring out something else with it, okay? So just be patient with me uh, with this. You look down at verse 3, and it says, God said, let there be light. Then he saw the light. God said, let there be light. Then he, what? Saw the light. Verse 5 says, he called the light day and the darkness night. Right off the bat, God said, let there be light. God saw the light and then he called the light. He spoke twice there. You can't call something without saying it out loud. Come on. Talking about speaking out loud. Speaking out loud is what we're talking about this morning. God said, let there be light. Then, the Bible says then, he saw the light, called the light day and the darkness night. By the way, well, I'll get to that in just a moment. Down in verse 6, we're in Genesis chapter 1. God said, let there be a firmament. I'm just, I'm just going through this. I'm just going through. I'm not reading all of it. God said, let there be a firmament. Watch this, verse 8. You see that there? God called the firmament heaven. He said, let there be, and then he called it something. He called it heaven, verse 8. Go all the way down to verse 9. God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered into one place, let the dry land appear. He said that. He said it. Then down in verse 10, God called the dry land earth, the waters see, then he, what, saw that it was good. I'm going somewhere with this. I know you say, why are you acting so weird? Just, I'm going somewhere with this, all right? I'm going somewhere with it, all right? In Genesis chapter 1, all right? Let the dry land appear, called the water see, verse 10, and he saw that it was good. Verse 11, God said, 
grass, herbs, fruit, grass, herbs, fruit. Then God saw, come on, you with me now. See where we're going with this. He said grass, herbs, fruit. Then God saw, come on. Why don't you go on down to verse 14? God said, lights. Now, he already said, let there be light. Remember? Didn't we just read that a moment ago? I know it was like a while ago, like a minute and a half. We just read where God said, let there be light in verse 3. But down here, God said, let there be lights in the heaven to divide the day from night, including two great lights. So now he's being specific. He's creating stars, moon, and sun. But what, what was the light he created in verse 3? You know this. I've said it before. God revealed himself to the universe. He hadn't created the sun. He hadn't created the moon. He hadn't created any star. When God said, let there be light, he said, look at me. Boom. Light. I'm revealed to the universe. I'm here. I'm here. God is here. But now he said, uh, that let there be lights in heaven, stars, to divide the day from the night, including two great lights, sun and moon. Then what? He saw that it was good. Down to verse 20. God said, see, creatures, winged birds. That means birds that flew, not the other birds that walked. All right. Then he saw, then he saw, verse 20. Verse 24, keep on going down. God said, land animals, creatures. Then God saw. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our own image. All the way down to verse 31. Then God saw that it was very good. Not just good, but very good. Three things that we see here. God said, God called, God saw. God said, God called, God saw. When God created everything, he said eight times he said Three times he called, seven times he saw. But each time he saw, it was preceded by a said. And I really think that so many of us, especially us uh, Christians in church who have been here for a long time, we want to saw before we said. But God always said before he saw. No sawing before you said. Always said first, then saw. That's God's formula right here. And Matt, now think about this. Think about this. This is Genesis chapter 1. Numero uno. The very first chapter in the Bible. The very first chapter. In the beginning. This is the first chapter. The first lesson we get from God. Before he talked about salvation. Atonement. Grace, eschatology, deliverance, spiritual realm, any of those words that you want to think of, you know, you theologians, before any, he talked about any of that, he gave us a lesson on confession. The first lesson we ever received from God, first lesson we ever received, he, he presented it himself, was on confession and the importance of confession. The importance of speaking out. And we're going to do this. We're going to do this again today because I, you already think I'm weird. So we're just going to keep on being weird. 
but we're going we're to do it again. You wonder why at the end of service last week, instead of altar call, we did what we did and, and spoke out. We're going to do that again today, so just get ready. Don't sneak out early. Let's go, okay, no? All right, but we're going to do that again. Why? Because this is how important it is. This is the lesson that God wants us to get. This is, this is what will stick with us. You can go to a church service. You can get hands laid on you. I'm not against it. It's biblical. You can go to a church service. You can cry. You can shout. You can get hands laid on you. And then Tuesday, you'll be back in the same situation. You need another church service. And now you're living from church service to church service. You're living from event to event. God wants you to sustain. Jesus said, I will bring forth fruit and fruit that what? remains fruit that remains God wants to teach us how to fish not just go from church service to church service getting excited saying oh wasn't that a great word wasn't worship really good it should be all of that should be people it should be but that's not what sustains us in life you the just shall live, shall move, shall walk, shall eat, shall breathe by faith. The just shall live by faith. You can't even please God without faith. You can't please him without faith. This is important. Believing his word is important. It's the first lesson we ever get. First chapter of the first book of the Bible is the importance of confession and God demonstrated himself before we learn about anything else he gives us confession he gives us confession turn over to Romans chapter 10 you would know this very well I'm just giving you familiar scriptures you would know this very well Romans chapter 10 verse 9 you know it you know it this is this is this is part of the Romans road anybody ever heard of the Romans road I used to hear about that a long time ago maybe we don't do that anymore but it's part of the <laughs> salvation process or the proof of that you need salvation, wages of sin and death. And, but Romans 10 verse 9, Paul's talking to the Romans. And right before this, in verse 8, he says, The word is near you and in your mouth. The word of, that is the word of faith. That's what it says. Verse 8, if you look at it. The word is near you, in your mouth. That is the word of faith. God's word is faith. They're interchangeable. And then he said that if you confess, that's speaking out loud, Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Now, confess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth. He didn't say if you answer an altar call. I think answering an altar call is a great way to obtain salvation. It's, it's perfect. It's wonderful. But the Bible doesn't say you have to answer an altar call. He said if you confess with your mouth. He didn't say if you're a good person and do 27 good deeds... If you say 14 Hail Marys, yeah, I'm, I, that's right. I said it. He didn't say if you say 14 Hail Marys and for our fathers, you will be saved. He didn't say a priest in a box could atone you. He said if you confess with your mouth, you, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Two very important things here. You have to believe in your heart. You have to believe it. That means there's no doubt in your heart. All right, that means you're not wavering in your heart. You believe it in your heart. And then the second thing, which is the first thing he said is, you got to say it out loud. It's got to come out of your mouth. That's the Bible. You can't lay at home on your bed and think, Lord, save me. That's great. That's a wonderful thing to do. But guess what? To obtain salvation, according to the Bible, it's got to come out of your mouth. 
This is how important confession is. This is how important speaking is. This is how important your words are. God said it's got to come out of your mouth. It's got to come out of your mouth. And then he goes on down. He says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think that's verse 12. Is that verse 12 in your Bible? 13. Verse 13. For whoever, what's that word? Calls. Calls on the name. Remember we just, God said, God saw, and then God calls. We see that here. Say with your mouth, call on the name of the Lord, and you will see salvation. Say with your mouth, call on the name of the Lord, and you'll see with salvation. You see how important speaking is? How important speaking is? Ah, and, and what we speak is important. See, because, you're, listen, remember I said words are spiritual containers? It could be containers of faith. It could be containers of fear. It could be either way now. doesn't matter. It could be one way or the other. They're spiritual containers. That's how important words are. You probably think, you know, Brother Mike, you putting too much emphasis on words. I was just playing. I was just joking. I understand that. But a lot of us are in the situation we're in now because we were just playing and we were just joking. Okay? And listen, I, I love to laugh and joke. I've said a lot of things in life I shouldn't say. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. Okay? But I'm saying today, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. A man, person, with his hand, her hand to the plow, looking backward, is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. We're starting today and we're moving forward. We're going to change our destiny. It begins in our heart. It begins in our heart because your thoughts all right, I know our thoughts are in our mind, but it's, it's really our, that place of our heart, okay? Your thoughts become your words. You've heard this before a thousand times. Your thoughts become your words, right? Your words become your actions. Your actions become your character. And then your character becomes your destiny. How are you going to change your destiny if you listen to what everybody else is saying about your destiny? Come on, you need to speak the word of God over your life. Are you defeated or are you more than a conqueror? Are you going to... Are you going to speak the circumstances that you see with these eyes? Or are you going to speak the spiritual provision that God has already made for you with the eyes of the Spirit? Again, let me go back. We're not denying what's here. My leg hurt. I ain't going to tell you my leg don't hurt. It hurts. I'm just not going to all day talk about how bad my leg hurts. I'm going to say my leg hurts once. And then I'm going to talk about how by his stripes I was healed. By his stripes, 1 Peter 2, 24, I was healed. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm giving emphasis to. See, so many times we confess our circumstances. And it doesn't please God to confess our circumstances over and over and over. It doesn't please God to do that. But it pleases him to confess his word in the midst of our circumstances. Listen, and it, it, you, you may feel like, well, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I just don't have enough faith. Romans 10, 17 is very, very clear. So then faith comes by hearing, but hearing by the word of God, not hearing by social media, not hearing by TikTok, influencers on Instagram, not hearing by CNN or Fox, not hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's how your faith is going to come. All those news outlets bring fear anyway. 
even, even facts, there'd be facts, coronavirus, Omicron, whatever it is, you know, there'd be all the facts, but all they do is bring fear. That's all they do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the word of God. And that word, the word, word there is, uh, comes from the Greek word rhema. So, it, so let me just say, it doesn't just mean listening to some bozo preaching, okay? You know, people preach, uh, you, you, assume, you, you hope and you pray that they're listening to the Holy Spirit, you know, but sometimes you don't know what people preaching, okay? I'm just saying that. You got to be like the Bereans. You, you have to search it out. My job as a pastor is to get you to search out the word. Don't, don't just take my word for it. You open your Bible. Don't just listen to Mike and see. Open your Bible and see if what he said is true. I'm not offended by it because if the Bereans did it to Paul, the apostle, Paul talked and he said, okay, yeah, you Paul the apostle, but I'm going to see if what you're saying is true. Okay? We must do that. All right? So it's not just about listening to somebody preach or listening to your Bible app, which is a very good thing to do. Very, very good thing to do. All right? It's not just that. But rhema means uh, the breathed word. The breathed word of God. And that, that only comes from spending time with God. So you, it's not a formula. You can't just say, well, I read for 10 minutes. I should have more faith. But you, did you spend time? Where's your relationship? Did you pray at all? See, that's where that, see, you thought I was against emotions and, and worshiping and cry. I'm not against that. I'm saying that's, that's where we hear from God. But it just doesn't end there. That's my point. It just doesn't end there. So we need to press in to his presence in those places. We need to get alone in our prayer closet. And we do need to press in because that's how our faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the rhema word of God. That's how we get our faith. It doesn't honor God when we brag about how hard we're having it. It gets us sympathy from other people, but it doesn't honor him. And I understand we're having it hard. Listen, yes, you, you have to let it out. Don't bottle it up. That, that's why we have counselors. That's why, that's why you have a best friend. And I hope your best friend is one who knows the Lord. That's what I would hope. At least somebody that's on your side is going to tell you the truth and encourage you at the same time. Right? That's why we have those people. But just going around telling anybody who would hear how bad you're having it, it doesn't honor God. That does not honor God, people. God, God wants us to speak his word. Here's how important the word is. Couple, just a couple more scriptures. I'll leave you alone. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 is an important scripture because it, it gets to the very crux of the power of God's word. It says, for the word of God is living. I can stop right there. I can stop right there. The word of God is living. It is alive and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is living and it's powerful. You want to change your situation, you want to change your circumstances, you're going to need something living and powerful. And that is the word of God, not the word of man or woman. The word of God. All right, watch this one. Watch this now. Second Corinthians. This last time you got to Second Corinthians. Turn over there and write this down too. This one, write down. Second Corinthians chapter four. Write this one down. I'm serious. No, serious biz. Write this down. Second Corinthians chapter four. This is life changing. 
You might look at it and say, that ain't, that's not that life-changing. I read it before. You need to keep on reading. You need the rhema. You need to get a rhema of this right here. I'm telling you, I'm serious now. This is serious. Watch this. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, come on, we have the same spirit of faith. Remember over in Romans, all right, every, he gave everyone the measure of faith. So you get saved. You confess the Lord Jesus, believe it in your heart. You get a measure of faith. All right, so you get that spirit of faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Watch this now. We believe and therefore we speak. We believe. You believe? Then you need to speak. You believe, therefore you speak. This is how important speaking is. This is how important speaking is. Now, let me just take you back to the very first three scriptures that we based this whole uh, series on. As we finish up this series, let me just take you back to the first three scriptures. The first one, we looked at a man who brought his son to the disciples over in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, and they couldn't heal him. Okay, by the way, it says they couldn't heal him. They brought him to Jesus and Jesus cast out a spirit. I don't know if you got that or not, but it says they couldn't heal him. But they brought him to Jesus and he cast out a spirit. That's how he healed him. All right, just I'll let that soak in. But so Jesus said to them, you couldn't do it because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, watch this now. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, you will say, 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 say. You will say, 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 say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. If you have faith, you will say. And then we talked uh, over in chapter 21. Um, he said to them, he said, uh, assuredly, I say to you, if, chapter 21, verse 21. He said, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. Remember, this is after he went into Jerusalem. All right, he cursed the fig tree because he was hungry. Went to the temple, drove those jokers out the temple. All right, they stayed overnight. And he went, they were on their way back the next day. And they said, look. The fig tree that you cursed yesterday, it is withered to the root. It's withered to the root. And he said, listen, uh, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say, 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 say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done if you say it. And then lastly, we, we looked at Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24. You remember that. Some people call it the bedrock of faith. I, the whole Bible is. Don't just look at one scripture. Just because you like that scripture. All right. 11.23 says, For sure, assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says it will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says he will have whatever he says he will have whatever he says now just very quickly a lot of people read a scripture like that and they just say well I'm just going to say stuff like it's going to materialize <laughs> you ain't got no relationship with God did you read the rest of the Bible or you read one scripture okay that's how that's how these doctrines get all right, and that's how people start to oh they're so weird and God is weird God is not weird God's saying you weird I'm not weird I'm just God 
We make things weird because we don't read the whole Bible. We have to have a relationship with God. The whole thing is based on, I'm talking all this about faith. The whole thing is based on relationship. Amen. If there's no relationship, there's nothing. You might as well forget about this if you have no relationship, okay? It's all based on our relationship. So you have to have a relationship. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Like you, when I say rhema word, it's like the thing where did you really hear me? You know, it's like my wife tells me something like, yeah, okay, sure. But she like, did you hear me? <laughs> did you hear what I said? <laughs> okay, this morning the trash man's coming at 7. Take it out before 7. Yeah, I got it, I got it. <laughs> did you hear me? All right, you listened. <laughs> yeah, that's what she does. She, gets, she goes about 20 minutes later. Reminder. <laughs> I wish God would text sometimes. Text me, Lord, remind me. Remind me. But it's that thing, God said, do you, do you hear me? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have to spend time with God to be able to hear his word. And once we do that, he, we have his word in us. Now we can speak. We can speak. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm delivered from this thing that so easily besets me, this thing that I don't want to tell anybody about. But yet, if people told me about their thing, I'd look at them the same way. Mm -hmm. Everybody got skeletons in their closet. All right. Uh, you know, I, I'm free. Uh, I'm an overcomer. I'm going I'm, to I'm pass the test. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get the promotion. Come on, we can begin to speak all of these things in our life. But first... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't just start speaking stuff and you ain't heard the word of God. I'm talking about heard, take out the trash before seven. I'm talking about heard the word of God. Don't just start speaking stuff before you heard. Listen, here's what I want to tell you before we do this real quick. I know it's weird. Get ready. Just prepare yourself. You, you confess stuff all day, every day anyway. The, the confession part is not new. It's like, what are you saying, Pastor Mike? Now all of a sudden I got to start confessing? You already confess. Uh, speak. I, okay, I won't use the word confess because that sounds weird. You speak all the time about your circumstances. Amen. Every day. You, you speak stuff all the time. So that part is not new. We're not changing what you do. It's just what you say. That's all. That's, that's the change. So you thought it was some big life-changing thing. It's not changing. It's not some life-changing thing, though it, the result is life-changing. But this is about what you say. What you say. Begin to speak the word of God over your life. Believe it in your heart. Okay? Don't think that uh, you're, you're not enough or, you know, that's for the pastor or that's for a bishop so-and-so or that's... No, 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 no. Whoever. This is whosoever will. He didn't say you as long as you've gone to school and have a degree in religious studies can speak to this mountain. He said, you, 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 if you believe in your heart and do not now doubt, speak to this mountain and say, be thou removed, it will be done for you and nothing will be impossible to you. Why? Because it will be according to the word of God.